Ocean Drive with Jeffrey Erber. Hey, gearheads, welcome to another episode of OCN Drives. I'm Jeff Herbert, and I'm with Graham Briggs and Alex Ball. And we're here with our car curious producer, Josh Hammerling. How's it going, Josh? Oh, he's gone mute on us. Quickly, press the buttons. It has to, uh, yes, I'm good. Thank you. That's great. Good to be here. Excellent. You ready to learn about cars today? Every day. I live for this. Okay, he lives for this. I live for it. Thank you. Cool. So we, we look forward to this too. Anywho, this podcast is brought to you by OurCommunityNow.com, where you can find more of our thoughts on cars, culture, and what's hot in the community. Now, let's jump into what we got for the news. Alex, you want to take it away? Yeah, so our first topic is one near and dear to my heart, as we all know. But uh, Ford released the GT500's 0 to 100 to oh, 0. Jeez, oh. we're getting into more Ford stuff. Hold on, I'm going to need to prepare yep. for this. I, f- I feel slightly insulted, but that's all right. <sighs> that's tolerable. Ooh. That's good. What are you drinking, Graham? Uh, a nice a nice dry dock hop abomination, which is an Indian pale ale, also known as an IPA. We have a 6.5% ABV. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you could power a Ford with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was a stupid joke. <laughs> no, that was okay. good. It no. landed. It landed. It, it landed. Good. It landed. It's fine. Okay. And aren't you going to ask me what I'm drinking? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yes. What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking the Dry Dock Coffee Stout, and since you were so generous with your ABV... Mine is uh, 5.5% alcohol. Mm, mm, I so, win. Yeah, that's, you do win. Mine's definitely not going to fuel any top field dragsters. Nope. <laughs> but I will be able to drive home later. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Back so like I was saying. Okay, back to the Ford. Ford released for the new GT500s uh, 0 to 100 to 0. So they haven't released the 0 to 100 or it's 0 to 60 yet. Um but that's not going to stop the community from figuring that out through uh, comparing it. So um, Car and Driver did a little math um, mm-hmm. and figured that compared to other cars and how they do their 0 to 100 to 0, that the GT500 0 to 100 should be about 6.7 seconds, which it's pretty fast, pretty fast. And just to, just to make sure that our listeners know, Ford did announce that it was zero to one hundred to zero in ten point six seconds, which is also yeah really fast. Mm, that's staggering. Because I'm looking at some of the other uh, zero to one hundred zero cars that uh, Car and Driver compared here, and it looks like the uh, Camaro SS one LE is uh, twelve point nine seconds. Zero. So that's like two seconds. Yeah, that's that's almost seconds. three seconds faster. That's, that's like a lap around like that's Lamar. insane. <laughs> it's not that much, but two seconds is a lot yes. in racing. So let's just say a lot can happen in three seconds. It'll be yeah. interesting to see, especially that. in the bedroom with Grant. So they're so they're guessing that that's six point seven seconds is zero to one hundred. So they're saying from a hundred to zero is taking. 2.3 seconds, or no, th- uh, 3.3 seconds. For zero to... 100 to zero. Yeah. That's pretty quick. It's stopping. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And a really good reference is that they also compared these speeds to the current Shelby GT350, mm-hmm. which is also zero to 100 to zero 
is 12.6 seconds. So the GT500 is a full two seconds faster than the 350. Oh, Are we crazy. thinking sub-zero or sub-three uh, I believe Ford has announced that it is unfortunately a little above three seconds mm. for zero to Ooh. 60, which is pretty embarrassing when the C8, as we have talked about, um, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, so, which is why I think Ford's now trying to just like jam the news. They're trying. They're trying to. Which is my favorite term is Ford is now trying to cloud the issue with mm. facts. <laughs> Definitely. But the thing about the GT five hundred is it's got seven hundred and sixty horsepower. So I would bet that it's a traction issue. Oh, I, t- I, I, I totally roll. I'm sure that GT will walk all over a C eight. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just I mean it's a classic ten second car. It's, it's it's in the the C8 is not that the C8 is not designed to take to a drag strip and beat people, but mm-hmm. the must the GT500 is definitely going to be that car. It's it's Ford's going after the Hellcat as opposed to uh, more of a traditional sport yeah, car market. Definitely, and, and also I think it's very much worth noting that because I think that's these the C8 and the 500 the two cars in the market right now that are getting compared a lot. And I think that's a mistake because of especially just the the price point is the GT five hundred is going to be about twenty thousand dollars more base, and then the GT gets over over a hundred thousand once you add the carbon package, which is just crazy. It's a twenty thousand dollar package, which is like wheels and yeah. and all the other stuff. So it's really not even for the same crowd. I mean, obviously, if you can afford a C8. There's probably a good chance you can afford a GT500 too. So you could be in a position where you would have to pick, but it's just such a different car that I don't even, I think all the only competition that's happening right now is just for press coverage. But at the end of the day, I think there's such radically different cars that I don't think either one really has to worry about the other. Right. Except if you're in, if you're kind of in that market and you look at a, a heck that's like demon price. So yeah, and you actually get more horsepower yeah, so with the Ford, demon. Yeah, so Ford is definitely walking to the demon line, <laughs> to the Hellcat line. So that is definitely the market that Ford is going after. Um, so we'll see how successful that is because the 500's price rate d- puts it closer to the demon than a Hellcat. Yeah, um, you certainly can get a Hellcat up to eighty, ninety thousand dollars, but mm-hmm. that's like the nicest Hellcat possible where the demon starts at 80 and it doesn't even really have that many options. So it's like, I think it goes to like 90 maybe. Oh yeah. When I like, I remember when the Hellcat came out and 707 horsepower was such a big deal. Yeah. And now here comes the GT 500 with like 760. Yeah. I'm it's a, just, it's, I love it. We're yeah. in a horsepower Renaissance it's great. boys. I'm, I'm actually more excited for like next year's 500 or the year after. Cause my, my favorite thing about Ford is that they tinker. They just never stop tinkering. And there's proof to that with the last generation of 500 where the 2007 GT 500 had like 450 horsepower and the 2014 GT 500, which was the last year has 660 horsepower. So it's like, it'll be interesting to see if Ford, continues that tinkering history right. and they even do it with their the the current mustangs the even like the difference between the 2018 mustang gt and the 2019 mustang gp is like 50 horsepower mm. like first of all that would just drive me crazy as a consumer <laughs> <laughs> but that's just i love that about ford i love that ford's just like we're not going to stop making this car better until we just completely remake it 
and so totally it, go mid-engine mid-engine yeah. mustang so it's like where where does the gt500 go after 760 horsepower like are they gonna are they just gonna start making a thousand horsepower car they've done it before they made a small production run in 2013 2014 called the gt1000 it's like a three hundred thousand dollar car now, but it, it's a thousand horsepower straight from Shelby. So, I, I, I mean, we'll see if they head there or if they decide just to refine aerodynamics and control and and, and maybe push it more towards a, a track car as opposed to just a straight line dragster. Right. Well, and if not, the GT three fifty can always kind of fulfill the role as the right. As the track and, and that's monster. always the and then that's another exciting thing is that a lot of the things that have been developed for the GT five hundred have now in the twenty nineteen and twenty twenty GT three fifty have been brought down to that. So really, there's never been a better time to buy a GT three fifty because it's just got all of the good stuff oh, from yeah. the five hundred minus the engine. But arguably, it's such a different engine that. And yes, it is. Actually, I, I kind of wanted to mention that at some point. So when I was reading about the new GT500, it actually, so it's the 5.2 liter V8, but it has a cross-plane crank and not the flat-plane crank, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, presumably for the forced induction and also to um, uh, kind of preserve the torque a little bit. But uh, it, it's kind of cool to see similar architectures, but tweaked slightly differently for the different applications and it's you know when you compare it to the other automakers um it's it's just such a cool thing to be able to on one side if you're like a a track guy or a windy road guy to pick the gt350 and get that flat flat plane crank v8 with a six speed or if you're you know more into uh stoplight to stoplight or the drag strip you know have the option for a 760 horsepower you know straight legal monster yeah and you know I, I really just the conclusion is it is a great time to buy a car it just really is if you if you want a fast car the american brands have you covered now and the and the american brands even have you covered for sports cars now with the c8 so oh definitely you don't you don't have to necessarily go foreign anymore which is great great for america yeah, definitely. I mean, we're definitely going, we're definitely in a horsepower renaissance right now, yeah, which I am like giddy as I say Positive. that. Excellent. Yeah. All right, guys. So let's let's talk about the new Maserati and the refresh. So Alex, I see you put some notes down here uh, that they're refreshing the Levante, the Ghibli, the Quadraporte, all by 2022. And does it actually matter? Graham, what do you think? Um, well, I think, first of all, Maserati, I think they've kind of still trying to find themselves. I still think I, I'm interested because they're still, they've actually moved down kind of their lineup, which all their cars, they have cars starting under 100K, which, like, if you think Maserati, that's not your initial thought, thought process. Plus, I mean... The Levante is kind of the they were were they the first that kind of that and Porsche to get into the the SUV premium SUV sports SUV type. I don't think I because you know Lamborghinis come out with theirs and uh, the Urus. Yes, the Urus. Oh, oh man, you gotta Urus. love that Urus. Um, well, someone else. What was the other one that, that's just new that came out? I can't remember. 
Anyways, can't even think of it. But I saw one of the Lamontes. It looks like actually for like a premium SUV type category, it actually looked a lot better than the Urus did. Now I would agree. I for Maserati, the thing is, it's an Italian sports car. It should be like crazy, and it should be super sexy lines, and uh, you know, roaring of the engine, and like. I just don't see that in what they've currently been doing. I think they're trying to push down into the class of, you know, BMW, Lexus, and Mercedes, and um, trying to get Porsche. into those. And Porsche. And getting into that mid-range between, like, the 70 and the 120 range, um, which previously they were always up there in, you know, 100000 to $300,000 range. I, I actually think... It's a good thing because well, I, no, they they do need to redesign. Yeah, is what yeah, I'm trying to get. I, yeah, I think I think Maserati. They're always really pretty cars. I think it's it's Agreed. pretty it's pretty rare to see a Maserati and like have any other reaction other than wow, that's a good looking car. But I also think it's hard to not look at a Maserati and not have the reaction of wow, I can't believe that car is not in the shop. And that, and that's always kind of been Maserati's kind of storied histories. It's one of the cool sports cars that breaks every ten minutes. Um, and, and, and the article that we're pulling from, um, from MSN, um, clearly points out that Maserati is owned by Fiat Chrysler. Um, and I think that could be a driving factor towards pushing it to a lower market because, because mm-hmm. Fiat Chrysler, I mean, again, they just released the C8 starts under $60,000. Like they could have made a C8 over a hundred thousand dollars and people still would have been just as excited, but it's like amazing that that's, that's almost, that's borderline affordable. <laughs> I mean, it's really not, but it's a hell of a lot closer than, I mean, even the GT 500, that it's another $20,000 more. So that it's just like, it's great that Fiat Chrysler is taking these premium brands mm-hmm. and trying to make them more affordable and more appealing to the masses. Cause it's, you know, I mean, how many cars does Ferrari really sell every year? Like 2,000, and Fiat Chrysler probably sells 8 million cars a year. So it's just like... Yeah, well, I think they're kind of trying to ride the Porsche wave, obviously. I mean, Porsche is one of the most profitable car brands in the world, and (coughs) they kind of proved with the Cayenne that, unfortunately, there's a market for these sporty SUVs, Mm -hmm. which... I don't know if that buyer really cares about performance as much as they do um, status or design, but I do agree with you earlier when you said that it's always nice to look at a Maserati. And that's one thing that has always blown my mind about the company is that that and like Alfa Romeo, honestly, they're so beautiful. I don't care how often they're in the shop. Mm -hmm. I don't care how they drive as long as they look good and they sound good. Those are the, yeah, you those, know, I'm screaming molto bene. Those are the, like, they look good Italian cars, but they don't drive well. There's something always wrong. They might have a good engine, but then there's something wrong with the handling. They might have, you know, a, a good handling, but they don't have enough power to them. They might have, you know, they, there's always something wrong. Not only are they always in the shop, but there's always something that's not a complete package. But you always know the complete package is the design. So it's always nice to look at. Gentlemen, also, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. You don't love something because it lasts. You love it because it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, mm. it's true. Mm. Mm. I, I will say, strong words from a strong as, man. As 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 good looking as Maseratis are, or Ferraris or Lamborghinis, I think there's 
just something I, the reason i'm so excited about something like the c8 is that that's a car you get to drive every day whereas these mm. ferraris and maseratis they're like your eighth car that you drive like once a year because well first of all it breaks every time you drive but it. <laughs> but i mean if you look at it their their beginning line at the ghibli and the levante i think i'm saying those right i don't know for sure but those two uh, are they those are both starting under eighty thousand. obviously packages and all that stuff so you're thinking right. a ninety thousand dollar car i mean we were just talking about a hellcat and a demon that can get up to those ranges mm-hmm. slash start at those ranges so i mean I think these are like you can if they get a good redesign and there's the consistency and the quality and the total package gets put in. I think that the market does need another brand that will push yeah. push some of these other brands to like innovate a little bit more in their design. Yeah, like BMW has had oh, the same freaking design BMW's for so brutal. long. And Audi, for that matter. Audi, since 2010, since they had the, what was it, the R8, I think, was the one. Um, But there might have been one before that. But that was, like, their design, and it was like, okay, let's all follow this very clean, silver, blah, design. And everything from that has been exactly the same. Definitely, definitely. All right, guys, let's, let's move on to the third bit of news we have here. And... It's kind of troubling when you read it at first, but it is okay. And that is uh, the Golf R has been discontinued for 2019. Alex, would you like to say more about that? Well, first of all, I love me a hot hatch. So it always scares me when I see a brand killing one of their hot hatches because there's just not enough hot hatches in the world. Um, the good news is is that they're bringing it back for a uh, the golf redesign so we're it's not going to be long before we get another golf r um so it's not thank like, god yeah because it's yeah it's we just we need more hot hatches in our life and I hot would, hatches that aren't freaking ridiculously expensive that aren't moving like because you see some of these luxury brands that are moving into that too so i think it's good that there's a hot hatch that still is what the is the r like right at that 30 to 40 range i think it, they're they're like they're, you could probably get one for like 37. Mm, yeah, yeah. So they're that 30 to mid 40 range. Let's keep it in that range because that's really where the hot hatch was. Like, it was supposed to be a cheap car that you could throw, you know, some stuff on and tune it up a little bit and then kind of make it yours. But also, people looked at it and was like, oh, that's probably not fast, but like, got up and go. Yeah, they make great sleepers. Yes, yes yeah. exactly. And I love those. Um, so. So it's good to hear that they're always bringing them back. Um, well, obviously, yeah. it's not good that they're discontinuing, but whatever. I mean, I think what's – is it the Rabbit, the other one that they have that they're I, – I need to look at my sources, but there is another one that Volkswagen was thinking about discontinuing as well. So – but that might be for another redesign as well. But yeah, I was just – a quick, quick look at my news thing on my phone. This morning, so. Yeah, I think just the general trend of the car industry is that now that we're moving into the 2020s, mm-hmm. um, we're going to start seeing big refreshes. Ford's refreshing the F-150 line. People are already seeing the camo F-150s mm-hmm. out on the streets. Okay, can we talk about that real quick, like for two seconds? 
camo? Does it really block anything? Yeah, I've never understood what they are because they almost never hide the body lines. No. Like the second we all saw the C8 in camo, we're like, great, we know what it looks like. Yeah. Like it's like, what is it? Does it like hurt camera sensors? Like people trying to take the picture? Like I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe that's something we we research and talk about next time. But. Yes. Yeah. We definitely. Definitely. Well, from my experience, um, and I, I have actually driven a few cars that have been outfitted with camo and also interior kind of blockade so you can't see the design. Um, their reasoning is that you, you can't see the exact body lines. It yeah. doesn't. I mean, if you look at a if you look at the camo C8 versus the official release C8, obviously the official one's a lot sexier. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, but you you can get but a you general get a general sense. Yeah, yeah. sense. Yeah, but you know, it Graham, it's you know, it's the difference oh, between a sweater and nothing. Uh, good. Okay, I hear you know. I hear you know what, what I'm saying. talking about. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, Josh is nodding. He knows. <laughs> uh, Josh, you're not allowed to smoke in the studio. Sorry, I didn't know that was one of the rules. <laughs> okay. <the> rest. <laughs> Just smoking tires. Very good, I understand. Okay, good. Now that we're all on the same page, let's uh, let's kind of mourn the loss of the Golf R for a moment of silence. Mm, yeah. But luckily, they are bringing it back, and it's especially important because Ford, as you know, Alex has uh, discontinued the Focus RS. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of a big hit to the hatch, hot hatch community. And but the WRX stopped doing right? the hatch, which is just criminal. Super. Why they do stuff like hey, that? Save it for the grievances yeah, portion. Okay, got it. Okay. But, yeah, let's talk, about some, uh, let's talk about some automotive history this month. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, sounds good. All right, so I did a small search. And I found out that in the month of August, um, the first Camaro actually rolled off the assembly line in Norwood, Ohio. Yeah, isn't that kind of cool? That was August 11th, 1966. I do, I do love a Camaro. I don't fit in a current modern-day Camaro. You don't fit in a current modern-day one? They are teeny tiny on the inside. I guess I haven't fit in it. Yeah, it's, why, it's one of the reasons that I've become such a Ford guy is, honestly, I just fit in their cars. I fit in Mustangs. I, I went and I've sat in Camaros, and it's just like, I can't even get a leg in. They're so small on the inside, it's, which is weird because they're, they're kind of big on the outside. Yeah, they're honky big on the outside. That's yeah. Really and for the record, we, we call Alex Sat, Sasquatch. Yeah. I am, how big are you? I'm six foot eight. Ah. Uh, yeah. Should we ask you your weight on the air? I'm I'm about like two eighty. Okay. So I'm, 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 <laughs> so, I'm for six I'm, eight, that's that's good. Yeah. Hey John Elway, are you listening? Do you need a uh, do you need a center yeah. at all? Really? Oh line guard. But I think I think that uh, that's a great piece of history, and I think the Camaro is a car that I hope stays around for a lot longer. Um, and, At least longer than the Mustang, because they're going to that crossover platform. Oh, I, no, we'll see. Let's not, Hopefully it doesn't ruin it. I, I'll be on Team Ford for a long time, but I will not be on Team Crossover. <laughs> the crossover Mustang, <laughs> I, I can't imagine that being anything but a failure, but I, I could be wrong. Maybe are Ford. you talking like crossover like body type and body style, or are you just saying they're going to take the name badge, like the, no. like the Shelby truck, like the... I don't know. From everything that I've read. I hope it would be that. I hope it would be just like a Mustang branded crossover. 
but the rumors are is that it's also Mustang inspired, oh. which is which is terrible. Like if we just get a lift in Mustang, it will be the worst thing ever. <laughs> okay, save save that for grievances because yeah. we can definitely talk about that mm-hmm. at length. Um, but speaking of Ford. Uh, August 12th, 1908, the first Model T was actually built at Henry Ford's Piquette Avenue plant in Detroit. So that's a that's a pretty significant achievement. And I actually had the chance to ride in a Model T last time I was in Detroit. If you guys go to the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan, highly, highly, highly recommend. It's fantastic. They actually have a uh, small village which is built on the property and it's like going back into time. And one of the attractions you can do is they have people driving you around in Model T's and it's awesome. Yeah, I bet that's Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, there's not, I mean, there's so much to say, but there's really not that much to also say other than that the Model T is just like the most important car in modern car history because it's the, you know, it's the assembly line car. It's it's really what Mm. kicked off what we now get to live in, which is just like, you know, just hundreds of cars coming out every day. You know, everyone's like, you know, Tesla's making 3000 cars a week now. And that's only possible because they figured out the model T. So it's, it's a spectacular achievement and it's, it's it's something that Ford should always be proud of and be able to hold over everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) If you say so, man, but yes, it was definitely a, monumental achievement and to actually like ride in one when i first got into it i didn't really know what to expect uh just because it is such old technology Mm -hmm. Uh, but the suspension was pretty soft Mm. uh and the seat was pretty pretty gushy too so i was like i was really comfortable i i always forget because from a scale of reasonably nice car to how a jeep rides where were we oh man better than a jeep worse than a jeep okay i will put it this way it rides better than a 3500 dually at slow speeds at slow speeds it's not it's not that rough i mean i didn't drive it yeah um but i did know that like if if you've ever driven a model t then you know that the throttle is actually on the steering wheel steering (laughs) column or steering column it's not it's not you know a pedal and then you also have to uh, kind of modulate the uh, ignition timing as well. So it is it is a little bit of a balancing act. And perhaps some of the reason why my ride was so enjoyable is because the driver does that all day, every day yeah, in Dearborn, Michigan. He's driven, driven that car 18 million times. He is a man amongst... 10,000 hours type thing. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. He's an expert. So much. He, yeah, he's yeah, somebody he I aspire to be. Yeah. Well, and, that... Uh, that, that that throttle stuff and the other things that like gets me going because it's like F1 where they have now it's a little bit different but F1 and IndyCar and all the the racing stuff all the stuff is on the steering wheel it's all displayed on there except for the acceleration but exactly. all that stuff is awesome because for- then you have heads up stuff and all of that and that's that feeling so what you're saying is if I start a Model T racing league, I should uh, recruit well, Formula One drivers? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Because they're going to be ready to cheap. go. <laughs> I think that would just be a good good idea no well, matter what kind of racing. Well, don't you think that would be hilarious? <laughs> let's, uh, we should just hire the professionals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, well, how about what's this? The, what's the last piece the last of news one? that you got? I know you're just chomping. Yeah, chomping you're chomping at the bit, at the bit for yes. it. Uh, this one's interesting because it's actually Colorado-related. 
and that is on August 12th, again, 1901, the first car actually uh, climbed to the top of Pikes Peak, which is 14,110 feet high. Which, which is shocking. I'm, like, blown away that a car from back then could, like, make it that high without, like, any air. Because, like, sometimes modern-day cars struggle to do that, and modern-day yeah. motorcycles. And here's the reason. So it, was, it wasn't actually a... Um, uh, internal combustion or a gasoline-powered internal combustion. It was a uh, steam-powered car. Interesting. 1899 yeah. locomobile steamer. So there's that. But it's kind of cool. We're still driving to the top of Pikes Peak today. Obviously, they have the race. Well, cheers to that. Excellent, sir. Nice. What are you cracking there? This is a Crazy Mountain Boohaha Boo Red Ale. Cool. Well, let us know how it tastes. But yeah, I mean, that's it's awesome that, you know, people were doing that even back then. And, you know, I look forward to doing it. And sure. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Pikes Peak. Ah, what a legendary, legendary hill climb. I think we actually talk about it. Uh, we've talked about it on OCN a couple times. So if you guys want to check that out, just go to ourcommunitynow.com. And uh, you can read more about the Pikes Peak race when it is. And, Maybe uh, we'll do a live event next year at the Pikes Peak. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, they let media come in oh, every now and then. Our producer is very happy about that. Yeah, he's, he, I think he's just down for any kind of remote office job. So we, any chance he gets to so get away from us, yeah, so he's we, all about that. So we don't have to stare at a computer all day. Exactly. Well, I, did you say that you saw that or wrote about that on the OCN? Yeah, that's on ourcommunitynow.com. Nice. Excellent. I love that. Yeah. Stay tuned for next year. We'll be there, whether or not they want us there. <laughs> We're showing up even <laughs> We're if they don't. Up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I we'll mean, be I, in the crowd cheering, yelling things. Exactly. Graham, I think you have some uh, some costumes at home, I'm sure. Uh, oh, I have I'm sure plenty. you have a driver's suit and some gloves and a helmet. We could just... Uh, <laughs> enter him into it. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> enter you in. It's just, not like... <laughs> just open up a barrier and let him start driving. Yes. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they can... I, uh, the driver is powered by beer. And the car is <laughs> oh powered <my> by... <laughs> the car is powered by ethanol. <laughs> Not the driver. <laughs> oh, okay. my bad. Sorry. That's right. That's it's an important thing to note. We do Don't not, worry, producer. We'll cut that out. We do not, not condone <laughs> drinking and driving. We only condone drinking after driving and talking about cars. Uh, yes, agreed. But speaking of driving, um, I want to move on to the next part of the show, and it's called What I'm Driving Now. Unfortunately, I don't have any media vehicles with me, uh, but... I did take my own personal Mazda MX-5 Miata. The coolest car at that price point, period. See, I didn't even ask him to do that. Yeah. He just said that it's out just of his tr- own It's free just will. true. It doesn't look like Graham agrees with us. I but. mean, I, I don't disagree that it's not a cool car, and especially at the price point. I think it's fantastic. But I don't know. Save it for grievances. Yes, I'll save it. I, I don't want to need to save it for grievances because it's not a grievance but i'm just saying that i might have a different opinion on that uh-oh well i mean you got to. there's nothing wrong with being wrong okay what oh there's no shame in being wrong i mean that's what the is, thing what's the top range price point for that the top range like, what, like what's the like, 35,000 35, probably okay. so 
right? So if we're gonna say thirty-five, you jump up five thousand dollars, and you can get a uh, a BMW Z. Can you get the Z4 or is it the yeah. Toyota Supra that you can? Those two new cars, not admit. cooler than the Miata. Oh the Z4 gosh. with the stick. Yes. Might be as cool as the Miata, but again, you have to go up, you know, five, ten thousand dollars, which is not That's the same a, price point. Yeah. But the the Supra without the stick is not cooler no, than the Miata. No, but the Agreed. Supra you can you can add a bunch of you can customize that shit. It's true. That, that is a really cool part about the Supra is that that from day one Toyota has offered really, really cool um accessories. Which right. Is, and then And it's not only that, but they have also gone out and like worked with some of these outside factories and said hey what would you like to do okay you want to do this you want to make sure that you have this and giving them the specs so that they can easily produce things and i've seen some pretty cool there's a lot of cool carbon fiber stuff oh yeah that toyota's helped companies develop for the supra which is cool didn't come with a stick, so it doesn't really I understand. matter. I understand. It's, it's bonkers to me exactly. that they're like, here's the new Supra. By the way, it's only automatic. <laughs> it's just like, that and, was, the, and then that my personal favorite is like the next week, BMW is like, hey, here's the Z4, which by the way is just the new Supra, but we gave it a stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which just, we saved the best part for us. <laughs> yeah, which is just the most BMW and German, you know, I don't want to yeah. offend Germans, but it's the most, you know, well, BMW. Dare you? Yeah, it is the most BMW thing I've heard in quite a while. <laughs> Where it's like it's the same exact car, it built in the same factory, but BMW is the only one who got a stick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah. that's okay. Let's, let's that's hear about. Okay. Yes. Let's hear about. Yeah, so I was driving the Miata, and I decided to go up to the top of Mount Evans. Mm. It's been a while for me. Um, and for those who don't know, Mount Evans is the tallest paved road in North America. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. So Mount Evans is a 14er, meaning it goes the road goes above 14,000 feet. And above uh, Pikes Peak, which you just mentioned in our previous. Yeah, session. yeah. So Mount Evans is actually uh, higher than Pikes Peak. Um, I'm not sure the exact height, but yeah, yeah. it's it's way the heck up yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but it it was it was cool nonetheless. It so, is about a hundred feet taller than Pikes Peak. <laughs> oh, okay. So well, that's quite. A, that's like you versus all of us. Yeah, about a hundred feet taller. <laughs> Um, but still counts, still the tallest. Um, I've also been up Mount Evans, and it is a really, really great drive. So, and I'm, you know, yeah. Except for the um, the the road was terrible. Yeah, mm. it's up, up the, by like Summit Lake. Mm-hmm. It was so warped. It was like, yeah, I felt like I was going over like a whoops section of a like a supercross course. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. No, I got that feeling. Like too. I was worried the bottom of the Miata was going to scrape. Yeah, on some of those, but uh, we made it. And I think that's because of. Uh, no, we don't need to talk about. It. I was thinking it was runoff or like you think oh, it's, it's temperature totally, inversion. It's totally a, a product of the environment. It's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As someone who's from New England, roads like that are not uncommon. Although, yeah, that but was, you get potholes though. That was a pretty extreme um, instance because I also suffered those roads, <laughs> um, and those are particularly bad. But that's just a product of being so high and there's snow everywhere, and, and it's just it's we, we call them frost heaves. Mm. And that it's the, just yeah. it's just the, contr- the it's just the road expanding and contracting, um, and in warmer states that don't get those harsh colds, that's that's why those roads are always so nice. Mm-hmm. Is that they, the the road really isn't moving with the temperature because the temperature really never changes. But somewhere in like New England or the top of a mountain, you know, it can be ninety degrees one day and then it can be negative five the next day. And on the, on asphalt, that's just gonna create frost. Uh, and it's this. 
especially this winter, has been very up and down. It's not. Yeah. It's been a lot of cold and then hot and then cold and then hot and then cold yeah. and hot. But, but in the case of Mount Evans, it, I think that that spot has just been a problem for probably for about five years, yeah. and they just haven't. <laughs> I don't know how they repave that road. Like, do they just shut the mountain down for like six months? It's a really long road. It's well, just, and, and and there's and no way to get around it. So it's like. If they shut down a section of the road, the whole mountain's closed. Right. Like, without, like, really, really going out of their way. It's, like, so it's just, like, it's just, like, how do you fix that? It's it's, it's rough. Maybe we should talk about concrete and tires. Because <laughs> I got a lot of things about tires. That, that's probably one of my grievances <laughs> that I'm going to talk about here. Tires. Tires is going to be a grievance here. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Graham, mm. since you lead a boring lifestyle, I'm going to skip you and ask Alex, how was your ride on Trail Ridge Road? Speaking of high mountain passes. Uh, it was spectacular. Um, <laughs> I don't believe I've shared before, but I own a BMW S1000XR, which is BMW's street adventure bike. It has the double R's race engine, but it's been detuned to be a little more rideable on the street. Because um, for those who have had the pleasure of riding the double R as myself, it's a freaking nightmare. Um, it's a really cool, really cool bike, 200 mile an hour bike mm-hmm. that you can just walk into a BMW dealership with $20,000 and all of a sudden you can go 200 miles an hour, which is crazy. That's just bonkers. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Audience, uh, we're ready to crowdfund raise <laughs> we, we this. We started our new Patreon for <laughs> a BMW S1000. We are trying to only get a thousand people to listen to this radio show and I will drive one of those. <laughs> Yeah, so I have, I have an XR, which is detuned to um, 160 horsepower instead of the double R's 200 horsepower. Um, and I take that everywhere I can go. Um, and, and it's a, a real pleasure. Um, it gets a little rough when you start talking about Trail Ridge Road or Mount Evans. When you're in first gear for a lot, first and second gear, you live in, um, in the really steep parts. And that's where bikes like the... S1000s start to suffer because, um, especially at high altitude, I have to like rev it to like seven or 8,000 RPMs just to like keep it going, um, which has been pretty rough. The bike, the bike red lines at 13,000 RPMs. I was just going to say, that's, yeah, it's 13. That's a little window that you got. There yeah. Now. So, so first gear, first gear is still a struggle. It's the, it's the biggest struggle on all of the, the, uh, S1000 bikes is that first gear, you kind of have to just nail it if you want any kind of a clean takeoff, which is not always practical when, you know, there's a car in front of you <laughs> or something. So it's, it's always usually a rough start and, and climbing up, Evans and and doing Trail Ridge Road in certain parts that it's a it's a pretty challenging and demanding thing which I love about it, um, but I, I couldn't recommend Trail Ridge Road more and it, it's not a challenging thing especially in a car it's a very nice drive and it's like 160 miles of just like some of the prettiest scenery you'll ever see not just in Colorado but the country and I I think you could even argue with the world I think I think Rocky Mountain National Park just has so much to offer and it's spectacular that they made this road for people to go through um, so whether you're on a motorcycle or a cool Miata or what Graham, what are you driving? You got a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. That would be a tremendous car. You'd be cruising in style and, yes. and you get to see n- not just how nice Rocky mountain, the park is cause it's nice to see mountains and it's nice to see uh, trees and forests and streams, but you also get to see the wildlife cause it's almost guaranteed that you will see a herd of elk 
going on Trail Ridge Road. Pretty pretty hard not to. Um, it would be pretty bad luck, and you have a chance of seeing bighorn sheep um, and, you know, birds of prey and, 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 and all the other. Moose, you can see moose. Uh, pretty rare. Pretty hard to see a moose, but it's totally possible. See, we should do a little episode about the best ro- best road drives in America, but <clears throat> I think... What I makes think it we different? should go do the best drives. Yeah, we can. Oh, oh, yeah, anybody yeah, out there want to sponsor us to go do the best drives in America? Yeah, we will I will do, do crazy it. things. So. Just you know, let's start a Patreon. We'll do. I'll do whatever that needs to happen. We'll make it, we'll Producer's make it giving me a weird look there. Um, not anything. Josh is wa- wiping the sweat from his an brow. Asterisk there, <laughs> but I I think you know like a Highway One, which is one of my favorite rides. Right, California coast. Going from basically San Diego past San Francisco. Fantastic ride. You get ocean views. You get mountain views. You get little elevation. up. The, the thing that you were talking about is there's huge elevation. Like, and vast views are, like, incredible. Where, like, Highway 1, fantastic. Love it. But it's the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like it's not much that had that changes. Yes. Climate does change significantly once you get past San Francisco and all that stuff. And you see some great, great cities. You see some great ocean views, but I'm just like, it is very similar over and over and over again. So not to mention traffic too. Highway one's a little bit more. Yes. Yes. A little bit more, but at the same time, like if you take like an off day and like go and like, if you didn't have traffic, I would still take, you know, any route in Colorado, mountainous route over Highway One. Mm-hmm. So Graham, here's the real question mm-hmm. for you: mm-hmm. Are you bike curious, like Alex and I are? <laughs> would you ever get well, on? We're a not. Bike? We're not bike curious. We just have the motorcycle. Like motorcycle. <laughs> we, we were bike curious, and we bought one. Yes. Which was, you know. In hindsight, gonna kill us. Let's be honest. Motorcycles are not safe at all. Me, I'm ready. I'm it's, ready. It's one of those He's weird ready. things where just... I can't recommend a motorcycle enough, but at the same time, I can't recommend not I'm, buying a motorcycle. Well, that's why I asked Graham if he was bike curious. Yeah. Because I'm renting my not... house, and I guess what? I'm probably I've been thinking about it. I might take this money that I've been saving up to put a down payment on a house and just go buy a bike. I think that's <laughs> yeah. a wise decision. Mm-hmm. I would recommend taking one of the MSF. Safety courses. Yes, I was. Yeah, I, was gonna I would definitely course. recommend it. I self-taught myself um, for about eight weeks, and then I took the course, which yeah. was nice because then I was the best at the course. Right. But it was just like, I mean, I was like, oh, I'm totally fine. I, I won't learn anything at this course. And it was like, I'm totally wrong. Especially the low speed stuff that they have you do at those courses are tremendous. And it's like I can't tell you how much I've used that on my my BMWs, where I'm just like this class is it's not necessarily saved my life so far i'm sure at some point it probably mm. will save my life right. but it's just just made using the bike so much easier because yeah, it's, it's like you don't have to put your feet down because you just they teach you really good throttle and clutch control and that's just like oh it's so nice plus it makes you a better driver too totally. when you're in the car when you ride people who ride motorcycles are definitely better drivers when they drive because they're more considerate they know about you know we just don't be spot. we just don't want to be run over exactly exactly <laughs> Um, you can always tell someone who rides a motorcycle because they're not tailgating motorcycles, which you guys shouldn't do. Yeah. Give them, give them at least like a two-car cushion. Yeah, at exactly. Very least. Even if you're like me and you have the Brembo BBS package, the Brembo <laughs> brakes. 
Graham's looking at me. He's giving me the eyeballs. I was staring at some new stuff. So let, let's let him loose. I know he wants to air his grievances. No, I don't. Not Come yet. on. I don't want to be the first one. I need to be in the middle. I'll, I'll, air, the middle I'll air a grievance. Okay. Which is that got? companies that like to give the car brand of a coupe and ah. have more than two doors. Which Ooh. feels like is breaking the definition of a, a, a coupe. It's like calling a motorcycle a motorcycle when it has four wheels. So it's just like that's just an ATV. Like it's different. Ah, interesting. Maybe and maybe yeah, that me. just comes from a frustration of basically not fitting in what's any your, two doors. But what's the one that you hate the most? The one that I hate the most. Uh, it's hard to say. I, I I would have to look at a list. To yeah, see, but yeah. I just I see it more. And more one I see it more and more where the cars are styled like a coupe, typically, or mm-hmm. like really you know nice angles, mm-hmm. um, kind of like l- long you know big long front um, hoods, and um, you know just the general styling of something like Jeff's Miata or even the Mercedes. Uh, the Mercedes. Yeah, thing. I was thinking but, Mercedes. But but they sneak into extra doors they, and they're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> It's they, like it's Mercedes ha- is one of the best. It's exactly that. Mercedes would be mine because I, I don't like that they do call their some of their two doors a coupe, and I'm just like. You mean their four doors? The four doors. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, their four doors, and I'm just like, why? Yeah. I don't understand. Just call something else. I don't yeah. know. It's find, like find another French word that stands for four well, doors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> move on with your life. It doesn't sound as cool. Okay, it's like the, uh, well, so I have pulled up here the Ooh. BMW X6 Sports Activity Coupe or Coupe. How many doors does that one have? It has four handles on it. That is a disaster. That is, uh, I would yeah. agree. I don't know why that's legal. That seems like a great way to get sued. It's, yeah, I know, right? That's kind of like false <laughs> advertising. Yeah, it, it feels like it. I guess maybe they would probably just win in court because it's like you can't be dumb enough to be like, I'm buying a coupe, but there's clearly four doors, but you're suing because it's only supposed to have two. Exactly. Well, this is a good place, actually, because this is going to lead me into my grievance. I think I know what it is. Yes, yes. We all know what it is. Yes. I hate fast SUVs. (laughs) Okay, I don't hate fast SUVs. Hold on. Wait, wait. I hate SUVs that think they're sports cars, like this X6 sports activity coupe thing. Like... Why would you buy one of these? First of all, it's for the moms who want to drive at light speed. Uh, get to soccer of, practice but, fast. Have yeah. you, oh, there's a stupid commercial. I can't even remember what it was for, but it was like, I think it was like, it might have been a soccer mom minivan commercial, and I might get the two mixed up. But this is what I think the executives at these companies are thinking. Oh, this soccer mom wants to get to the field as fast as possible to save her child from something. Not, you know, there needs to be juice boxes or, or someone forgot the orange slices or some stupid thing like that. And they're like, oh, you need to go super fast to get there. And, like, you don't need a 600 or 700 horsepower engine to do that. But I think what, what happened is they all saw that Land Rover was owning this market and market share, and they were just like, Land Rovers look ugly. They're boxy. They're blah, blah, blah. Ooh, blah, I blah, disagree. Blah. I like them, and I think they're better for the sports utility aspect of things, and I think that's what they are for. But I think soccer moms kind of took them over because no one was listening to what their demands are. Yeah, I also just think it's When I just, say soccer moms, I'm thinking yeah. the, the elite soccer mom type mentality. Like, I, I think, yeah. I think the, 
really the reason why they exist and why they're so popular. Because, I mean, really, have you ever driven home and not seen a Porsche Cayenne? Like, it's, it's almost impossible. But here's the thing. So the Cayenne actually does have a fair bit of utility to it because of its design. So they're the useful. X6 Coupe yeah. and some of the stuff that Audi's doing, or even like the the Honda Q7 Cross or Tour. Q7? No, yeah, the yeah. Q7's fine, although it's not my favorite. Yeah, it's okay. like the it's like these um, sport utility coupes. Essentially, they're I mean they're purely for design, which is one th- which is fine, except for the fact that it cuts down the same utility you would have, or like you would have more utility with an X5 than you would with this stupid X6 sport utility mm. coupe. You just don't like that it's a lowered. Uh, crossover basically no it's so it's it has none of the benefits of an suv because of its design so there's that and and then it has none of the benefits of a car because of its design so i'm like so it's purely for image and that makes you a (laughs) d-bag that's all i'm saying that's it for what what is your what is your opinion on the track hawk the track hawk which is jeeps okay so which is jeeps if the listeners don't know is jeeps 707 horsepower um, Grand, uh, Grand Cherokee. So I'm okay with the Trackhawk because it has the utility of an SUV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the space. It's not styled in a weird, weird way so that it, you know, it's rendered unusable. Even if you drive it primarily on the street, mm-hmm. um, that's why I don't like the X6. And if I had to pick out of all of these, I think Graham, I might take the. Uh, the Range Rover SVR with the 575 horse supercharged. Oh, I, I would always take a Range a, Rover. Other, I, other, I think I, I would take a Range Rover in this class above anything else. I love the Range Rover. That's because, not what you just said. No, no, no. I said that they saw that there was a that all these other companies producers saw that they had a the Range Rover was the owner of this market, and that uh, technically that there wasn't anyone that was fighting them. I, I will. I do have another grievance, which is with the Trackhawk. Okay. Which is shitty naming by <laughs> by Dodge. I they nailed it with the Hellcat. Great, it's just a great icon. I love seeing it on the road. I love seeing that that kind of Wildcat logo on a car with those red eyes. I think that's great. I love the Demon and and, and kind of the whole look of that car with again the eyes in the front, and it's it's really intimidating. And then they get to the. Grand Cherokee, and they're like, what are we going to call this? We're putting in the Hellcrate engine. That's what it's literally called mm-hmm. is the Hellcrate engine. They're like, what are we going to call it? And they're like, the Trackhawk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, you couldn't have just called it the Hellhawk? Like, how? Have you seen that Hennessy did a model of the Trackhawk? Have they? Yeah. Yeah. Runs, runs a quarter mile in 9.66 seconds. <laughs> you got to love a 10-second SUV. <laughs> <laughs> Which is faster than a Tesla yeah. Model X P one hundred. I do also have a grievance though with the actual with the performance of the Trackhawk is that it's it makes me laugh that it has launch control except that the engine is so powerful that the brakes can't hold it back <laughs> which is which is just like such a funny design to me i was like you guys didn't put good enough brakes on these to actually use the one of the functionalities it's almost italian in yeah, its essence it's great it's great i love, Grazie, I love anything Sergio. that has Grazie. a hellcrate engine in it is it gets an a plus in my book i agree i just i just it's hope great. they i hope they continue to put it i mean everyone's excited that you know in 2020 we should hopefully see the the 15 the 1500 uh dodge hellcrate truck that would be fantastic we'll see we'll see 
people are you know codenamed T Rex to go after the Re- Ford's Raptor, Ooh, I which like I think it. is I think is totally needed to happen. Yes. I think Ford has had a free free coasting with the Raptor, oh, and the Raptor the Raptor is great. It is probably yeah. I think it's the coolest truck you can buy. They also have the uh, Shelby, which is the seven hundred fifty horsepower. Oh. They yeah. also have the Baja, which freaking is. It's yeah. beautiful, yeah. but it's $110,000, $112,000. Yeah. I'm, ha- I'm happy but there's another challenger, and I hope that other cars, like I think I think Ford bringing out the Bronco is challenging the Jeep. Mm. Je- I think Jeep's had way too long of a run of being the only doors off, tops off. Yes, thing. agreed, agreed. Agree. So I'm happy to see that these brands are looking at these successful cars and going, we're going we're gonna to make it and we're going to beat it. And Competition drives results yeah. for us, the consumer. Well, it looks like Josh is yawning now. So no. <laughs> I got a great mind. I have one. Do you last have some, thing. one last but thing to say, mine Graham? Mine is not even a grievance. Okay. Mine is Just say a. It. It's a happy thing. Okay. BMW is mercy thing. killing. It's three series GT. It's six series Thank GT. God. And it's six series Grand Coupe. <laughs> Thank for uh, the US run of 2020. So thankfully, <laughs> those are gone. Yeah. Ugly vehicles, bad. Yeah. But also, like, there's – because they just didn't fit. They try to – BMW does this thing where they try and fit everything into every little category and then have a car, a car, a car, a car, a car, a car. They had cars overlapping their categories, and obviously these cars needed to go. So, thankfully, BMW is starting to realize that they need to really go back to the drawing board and start doing a total redesign. And not their i i series. Listen – I will be on board with BMW once they get rid of the kidney grill. But before that day, I will never drive a BMW car. You don't like the kidney grill. Well, the kidney is, grill is the is, worst uh, thing. And they're making it bigger, too. No. It's so big oh, on, like, the oh, new X5. It's so big. <laughs> but Jets. they also have the on-off. We have to talk about this okay. next time. Yeah, let's save that for another show. I think it's time we should wrap this one up. So I want to give a big thanks to Josh, who stayed awake for the entirety of the program. Shocking. Shockingly. Uh, our community now, who allows us to do these things. Pin Business Network, who paid for all of this stuff. And um, Fiat Chrysler, because why not? They give me cars. Yeah. And if anyone else is out there listening and wants to give me cars, well, just give us a buzz. And to you, Jeff. And to you, Alex. Thank you. We to appreciate you, Graham. Thank you. We Thank all you appreciate each other. I'll see you next week. All Sounds right. Good. See you guys Bye. next week. This has been OCN Drives with Jeffrey Erber. OCN Drives has been brought to you by OurCommunityNow.com. Our Community Now, the website that shows you everything going on in your community right now. <laughs>